Macho Land. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. There it is. Now on brand. On brand. What happened? I, di I just missed it that quick. I know, right? I had to quickly catch it. I had to catch it so that way you wouldn't see it. Oh, man. Now see, now you're about to go back and be like, okay, hey, what changed on the screen? How are you? Okay, first of all, <laughs> let me just say, Mark, that today your girl took a tumble down the top of my stairs, just like the Dow did. <laughs> so, you can call me a Jack and Jill up in here. Um, but other than that, I'm great. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like, wow, like how like things come around in a circle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's been that kind of like theme lately. Um, had the opportunity to show up on Tim's tidbits um, on Sunday. And that then it was kind of interesting because it was amazing because we got to talk about like for him, how it came full circle. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, here we go. In this episode, it comes around full circle. So okay. I'm excited. So, first things first, what's up everybody? I am Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-creator, great friend, and on top of that, all things galactic, and rocking with the wonderful cup there with the, I see you with the swag. Give it up for the first lady of leisure, aka Lady. Thank you. Um, yes, everyone, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. Um, it's Jolyn GC in the place to be. Super excited on this fine Tuesday, Mark. Yes. So y'all, I hope that you guys have your pen and papers ready, but we got some stuff to get out of the way. Like, for example, if you haven't subscribed yet, you know, you should definitely go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And I don't know if people were hearing me that whole time because my mic was completely off. So uh, hopefully everybody was able to hear me and to know that, okay, hey, well, you know, yeah. You guys should be able to hear me now. Anyways, um, but if you haven't hit the subscribe button down below, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And on top of that, if you want to be in the know for when a show drops, go ahead and hit that bell so that way you can be just like, who was it? Who was it? Lanise Smith. Hello. Lanise, how you doing? <laughs> we see you. Shout out to Lanise for being first in the chat. We salute you, and if you want to be like Lanise, all you have to do is just turn on the bell, no notifications, and it pops up, and it's just like, hey, I'm here. And on top of that, if you like what we do, go ahead and smash that like button, because we would totally appreciate it, because it totally helps out that wonderful YouTube algorithm. Okay, so, JoLynn. Yes. Or I should say, I'm sorry, Lady JoLynn. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Oh, was here we go. Here we go. Lady Jolyn. Meanwhile, while oh, seriously, okay. Yeah, hold on. Let me make sure can, can, we, can we see it? Can we see it? Yes. Yeah, so, what do they do? You got to put your a wonderful platform in which that it's made for traders, investors, but also, you know, specifically for traders because you're true, yours truly really got started using the bar chart platform. And then from there, you know, I happened to introduce somebody else, which we may hear later in the story to bar chart. And then it's like I said, comes back full circle but shout outs to them because they're a wonderful partner and when, like you guys know if when we look for folks in which that we're going to work with we actually want to believe in what they do and we truly believe the mission behind bar chart and what they strive to do for each and every single one of you as investors or as traders so shout outs to the team at bar chart we salute you and thank you for teaming up with us here at the come up series so jolene Yes, let's get into this market. So, yes. what's with the cousins? Um, I forgot to say that. Oh my gosh, Mark! Mm -hmm. Totally. I, to <laughs> I just I got. You know, I think it was the tumble. I better make sure I don't have a concussion. Okay. Anyway, so the Dow negative eight hundred nine point two eight points. S and P five hundred was negative one hundred twenty point nine two points, and the Nasdaq was negative five hundred one. Excuse me, five hundred fourteen point eleven points. And the U.S. Treasury 10 note was at 2.74 percentages, 
points up to the downside, actually. Um, and then we have the VIX coming in super hot, super <laughs> spicy at 33.52. All right. Heading over to sector performance. As you know, there are 11 sectors and we like to track the top three and the bottom three so we can see what that rotation is looking like. We got energy holding it down. Um, with great performance all year, still in the green, the only one in the green today. Uh, utilities uh, next, and then consumer staples, all those are in the red. And as you know, my three faves, uh, communication services, technology, and consumer discretionary, all at the bottom of the chart. Heading over to our pick performance, as you know, or maybe you don't know if you're new, well, let's get in where you fit in. You can head on over to our Instagram page at that come up series, and you can find our latest pick list. AKA the SIPs. So we have um, SQQQ coming in super hot at 11.11 .11 percentage points to the upside. We have PDBC coming in at 1.48 percentage points to the upside. Look at that disparity, y'all. That's interesting. And then we have Devon Energy up uh, 0.39 percentage points. Now for the bottom feeders, we have Unity, TQQQ, and Tesla holding down the bottom three. And I will note that Unity is negative six and a half percent, TQQQ negative 11.24 percent, and Tesla negative 12.18 percent. Now, is it going down? Is it going up? Maybe we'll look at a chart and see what we can see. Now, heading over to our Black History. And today, y'all, the Come Up series is Black History. Let me just say a couple of words. Mark, feel free to chime in if you feel so moved. All right. So today is, what is today? Today is April 26th. I don't know what happened on this date, but the point is, is that what Mark was talking about earlier, um, this is a full circle moment. Um, the guests that we're bringing on today, um, who you'll hear from very shortly, um, <clears throat> is a part of a company that was there really early on in my wealth journey. This was the first tool that I used to look at um, my stock pay, AKA SMH and all the other, um, all my stock crushes, all of them on bar chart. And also I will note that today, I just wanna make this a part of the history. So just put a pin in that right there. The come up series to date has over 4 million views 70,000 plus subscribers that are highly engaged, which is not necessarily the norm. Um, not only are you all highly engaged, you are also scholars and researchers. So let's just recognize that. And also um, that, you know, Mark, we're out here. I mean, we're lit. We're in traffic. <laughs> We're in traffic right now. So just give yourself a hand, give yourself a round of applause for being here through thick and thin. Um, this is definitely a momentous occasion. So I'm gonna sip. Mark's over there sipping on something I'm not allowed to have. A lemon chiffon, no non-alcoholic. And Jolyn GC's honor, in Lady Jolyn's honor, I'm having a wonderful uh, prebiotic soda. Yes. All right. So, Mark, let's get into it because there is so much to cover. All right. So, our guest hails from the wonderful, illustrious bar chart where it all started for your boy, Mark Monroe. And on top of that, it also started for the wonderful... Jolyn GC in the place to be, a.k.a. Lady Jolyn GC. So excited. And if, if, you, if you could ever, like, learn charts and like literally just sit down with the person in whom which that literally is like a is is a chart master i mean you gotta look no further so come into the stage ladies and gentlemen and make sure that you have your pen and paper ready because i feel bad that i don't have any pen and paper ready but i'm gonna definitely follow along give it up for none other than john roland from bar chart okay. what's up john <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for that wonderful introduction. John, there's all the fire in the chat for you right now, if you can see it. I, don't know I see it. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight's episode is going to be like like we said, it's, it's very much so full circle, John. And we kind of talked a little bit about it before we went live, how the journey started for me and how Bar Chart really helped and shaped 
me as a trader going from day trader, swing trader, and then long term, and then, you know, kind of like a mixture of all those things. And then also me being able to allow it to share that same information, same tool to somebody like JoLynn, and then of course us sharing it with the cousins. So thank you for joining us because this, I believe, is just going to take us on a whole different notch, a whole different level. And I'm telling y'all, if y'all don't have an appreciation for bar chart, if you didn't have it before, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. All right, so go ahead, John. I was just going to say is th thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be in front of the cousins. And, uh, you know, I've been watching some of your series, and I'm really – really got to give you the props about how you bring you know market knowledge uh, to your family and and make it m more digestible and make it understandable for them so you know that's kind of our mission at bar chart um and certainly that's what i'm doing at bar chart so uh i'm giving you major props my too my friend you two of you so thank you thank you thank you congratulations on those mile marks four million views that's some pretty impressive yeah i mean it's <laughs> a lot of content <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot of content. But you know what? I have a feeling that this will probably be one of those legendary episodes that literally takes us into the next stratosphere. Like literally. So are you ready? Like let's first let's let's start with the softball questions. Okay. So how did you how did it all start for you in your journey as a trader and then also understanding the markets, John? So I started way back in the 1980s uh, when I graduated. I worked um, on the COMEX, which is the commodity exchange, and then I moved to the NYMEX, which was the largest uh, energy futures exchange. Mm -hmm. And I started at a very small firm. There was only about eight of us. And then uh, when in about a three-year time, we turned that small company into the largest floor brokerage uh, clearing firm on the NYMEX in terms of uh, energy contracts. And then uh, I worked in the crude oil pits and I worked in the uh, heating oil pits and then I worked in the natural gas pits. So my beginning of my professional career was working in the pits and getting that sense of of price action by by observing it, you know, as orders flew flew into the into the pit and out of the pit. And because we became one of the largest players in on the NYMEX, I saw a lot of paper, and I while all of our customers were large commercial traders like the Mobiles, Exxon's, BPs of the world. So mm -hmm. I learned from them. I learned from them how they looked at price, how do they react to price action. And then eventually I became what was called a local, a market maker on my own, where I was just trading my own money. And so now I was on the other side of mm -hmm. price action. In other words, I was taking on you know the opposite orders that these large commercial traders. So I learned both sides of the markets in terms of order flow and risk management. So that's really where I got my start. And then, you know, I did that for, oh my gosh, 25 years. <laughs> and then in, uh, you know, the electronic world came about in mid 2000s. And then right up around uh, 2008, when we had the financial credit crisis, the, the floor just kind of went away. And yeah. I closed up my floor business and went into um, tutoring and teaching. I worked for another company doing some uh, online uh, uh, work and on location work. And then, you know, one of the cool things was I used to use bar chart. I was a customer just like you guys were. And then <laughs> um, I reached out to bar chart after that kind of went to away that chart, that job went away. And I reached out to bar chart and say, Hey, you know, would you be interested in somebody who could create some content for you? And yeah, I was hired, and then, and that's what I've been doing now for like it's amazing. It's been two years, and then we have these weekly webinars where we discuss everything from options to top-down strategies to futures to all the different tools that are on the bar chart, all the premium features, and that's what I've been doing for the last oh, uh, two years. Nice, 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 nice. Well. We got a lot to get into tonight, and we don't want to waste any of your time. So, first things first, you know, where actually, where should we begin? Because tonight, I'm going to actually, like, have a screen. Of, we're going to go through bar chart tonight. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of movement in today's market. We're seeing a lot of uncertainty. And for folks that are 
you know, wanting to step into the market or for the folks that are wanting to like understand it, what would you say would be best to like to give an explanation of what we're seeing taking place right now in today's markets? So I think there's a couple things we need to understand is that, you know, if we go back in time a little bit, we've had an unprecedented uh, run in the market for the last 10 years. Uh, you know, probably one of the largest bull markets in recorded history. Now, that has come on the back of the Fed's um, quantitative easing or this liquidity that they pumped into the market. And it's just made for, you know, an uptrend that have, we've never seen. Now, what has happened is, starting back in November, is the uh, Fed broadcast or forecast that that, that, that quantitative easing was going to stop and that they were going to try to pull the excess um, liquidity out of the market. Now, what has happened, as most folks believe, is that they waited too long to start doing this process. And now inflation has gotten really out of hand. And now true inflation is like too many dollars chasing too few goods. And that this liquidity has created an extreme amount of inflation. And so what now is happening is as the Fed is... Uh, forecasting raising rates, there's a lot of folks that believe that they're behind the curve and that they need to raise rates to what they call a normal rate. But if we go back and look at bear markets in the past, and especially the biggest bear market that was back in the 1970s and 1980s, the former Fed president at that time, Paul Volcker, proved that the only way that you can bring down inflation is to bring up the Fed rate, the nominal rate, to above the inflation rate. Yep. And so if you think of what an inflation rate is, if you believe what the government is telling us around eight and a half percent, and now we're what the Fed fund rate is just at a quarter percent, you quarter. can see how far far behind. So I think what it is, the market is finally waking up to the fact that in order for them to raise rates, they're going to have to stifle demand. In other words, create a recession. And that recessionary pressure is not good for equities, not good at all, right? Corporate earnings fall, fall, um, profits fall, um, people lose jobs too. So I, I think what is happening is the market is finally waking up. The party's over, you know, the champagne's run out and now we're all going to get a big hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put that. So in moving forward, so if we're, we're getting started and in person, you know, if, if, if a person has developed a trading plan and let's say that I'm, I've developed my trading plan, I've, I've taken the time, the necessary time to study, where should one start to start to look for opportunity? Because even in a bear market, there's opportunity. Right. So there's where, should, where should a trader start? Well, I think, like you said, you got to have a plan, right? And regardless of what plan you use, there's got to be a process. And one of the things that I, that I always advocated is what I call multiple time frame analysis. In other words, I'm going to look at a big picture. What's the big picture, the overall trend um, in terms of a time frame, monthly, weekly, depending on you know your style of trader. If you're a day trader, even looking just at a day a dated time, even if you're trading in five-minute time frames, looking at that big picture. And then picking a time frame that you want to trade in a trend time frame. In other words, I'm going to make my trade ideas based on this time frame trend. So, for instance, I'm more of a swing trader, so my big picture time frame is weekly, and I look at daily trends. In other words, I look at what you know the equity markets are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And then use what I would call a smaller time frame or a refined time frame to help me manage my risk. In other words, to help me to find better entries and also to find more realistic and profitable targets. So let's actually put that into let's actually put that into into practice, shall we? Okay. So let's go ahead and we're gonna start from we're gonna just start from the home screen of bar chart and I'm gonna share a screen. So here we are. We are at the bar chart home screen. Right. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna put you wait, hold on, that's not it. All right, there we go. So we are gonna put this in here. All right, so 
Walk us through what should we be, where should we start? Where should we go from here? Should we look at SPY or should we look at an actual uh, company? This is your world, sir. You get well, to control I the mean, screen. At this point, you know, the overall market it has been in a downtrend. So to to define a trade plan, if I had a downtrend trade plan, then we could just look at, let's say, the overall market. But there's always a bull market somewhere, right? Yep. So, um, you know, there are a lot of nice features and tools in uh, bar chart. For instance, if you go under where it says stocks, the tab at the top. Okay. And so we went to stocks. There. Yep. And then over there where to the right column, it says stock, uh, or excuse me, right below that, you see top 100 stocks. Oh, so yes. we could we could look at that. Now, what this does is, in, in terms of bull markets, it, this is showing us the top 100 stocks that still are in an uptrend, or in, in other words, have a positive weighted alpha. In other words, you know, greater price movement. So one of the things that I kind of like to do is I like to start at the bottom of the list of this top 100. I want to see stocks that are starting to really get a really good positive alpha, but then also they're already in, in an uptrend. I think we talked about this in the beginning. The um, Sabian Royal Trust is an oil trust. Yep. Um, and certainly Joe Lynn talked about one of the sectors that has been doing pretty well year to date has been the energy sector, right? So yep. even though the broader market is down, there are some sectors that are doing well. And in this case, if we look at, we're looking at here, what is this, a daily chart? Yep. This chart is showing us a stock that is in a bull market, right? Or in an uptrend. And so that's where I would start. I would start looking for those trends, those stocks. If my strategy is to be a bull trader or a long-term trader, or looking for price action that is going to continue to move in my favor, this is one of the places on the bar chart where we, we can start our process. Okay. Okay. Wait, Mark, so, what is this? So this is Saving Royal Trust. No, the time frame. So we're looking at it on a year to date. Okay. And with a daily frequency. Right. So let's talk about like, for example, you mentioned entries. So saving probably doesn't have the type of let's say volume that that normally would right. be recognizable so for example if i went in on a one month it kind of looks <laughs> it's interesting thin. it's very thin right but <laughs> so if we, right but if go ahead. You know, just looking at this picture of this this trend that is on the left hand side on the way up where look for the last big green candle that's uh, in this trend and then you see a big gap up so uh, right around look was that around february yeah right there mm -hmm. and then that's where the last price where we saw a lot of buyers and then price shut up now there's not a lot of volume there but price moved away now what it's telling us is probably is that there's still some buyers down there right in terms yep. of our trend and so when price came back in other words we had this bit of a correction here on the right hand side of the chart where did price fall back to? Well, it fell right back to that those two green candles, right? So that would be an area of entry. This is what we call is sometimes referred to as a demand zone, or you know maybe we could look at some technical ind indicators like maybe a, a you know a moving average. You know I know um, in stocks a lot of folks like to use the 20-day moving average or the 50-day moving average. Now I'd be curious mm -hmm. to see where that price fell down to did it fall to the 20-day moving average or the 50-day moving average now we can add moving averages through studies right and again another one of the nice features about bar chart is you can create a template that where you can already preset these moving averages so you just turn the template and they would automatically uh, pop on to your uh, charts now let's say we're below the 20-day but let's see where we are on the 50-day for equities that's kind of a bigger picture I'm just curious. I bet you were right around it. So you want me to put it on what time frame again? Well, just keep change your 20-day moving average to your 50. Just change it to a 50-day, just just for fun. Let's see what happens. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we are a little bit below that as well. So, but again, you know what we could do. This is just an example of something where we might look at as a moving average. So let's go. To, let's go to a stock that is more 
has more activity. Now you kind of laughed when you talked about Tesla, right? <laughs> so let's yes. go through, let's go through the process, right? So let's think about in terms of trading. Let's look at the big picture. Let's look at a higher time frame. So let's look at for let's say a weekly. So let's look at the three year chart on a weekly okay. basis, and yeah, we've been in an uptrend, but in recent weeks or recent months, we could make Sorry. an argument that the uptrend has been broken. Could we say that? Yeah. And I mean, not it, only could, could we say could that, but, but we're now see, starting to make a series of lower what? Uh, lower lows. Not lower lows, but no, lower, no, lower highs. Lower highs, right? Yeah, lower Which highs. Which is one of the criterias of a downtrend. So I would be more inclined if I was trading Tesla to look to for looking at shorting opportunities. So let's go to that's the big picture, right? Now, how far could price go, right? So are we high? Are we you know high in the the, the price over the last three years? I would say relatively, yeah, right. We're in the top third of where price has been over the last three years. Would you agree with me there? I agree. Right, so we could fall maybe back to the middle, somewhere in the middle area. So there is definitely room for Tesla to move down to maybe down around. I mean, this was only a seven hundred dollars stock, only what what six months ago, right? Yep. So it could we could it go back there for sure, right? And certainly, there's a lot of wood that needs to be chopped. If we thought it was going to go up, there's a lot of wood that needs to be chopped for it to go up. So I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, the path of least resistance on this one it looks certainly to be to the downside, right? Or the, the risk to the market is certainly to the downside, right? Yeah, the risk is definitely there to the downside. So yeah. let's go to, go Wait. ahead, Julian. Uh, John, you had mentioned that when you're looking at risk, you look at the daily. So I will look at a lower time frame to define risk. But mm -hmm. what, here, what, what we're trying to do is just kind of get a big picture where we think where price is and where we think it could go in terms of is price, you know, long in the tooth. In this case, is this trend long in the tooth? And also, how far could price move if I believe there's a trend being developed? In this case, we believe that there's going to be a short-term trend to the downside, right? So now let's go down to a daily chart, let's say a six-month daily chart. And here we see, um, you know, that downtrend kind of playing out, right? Yep. So I want to look for opportunities to sell this market when price returns to the high end of this downtrend. In other words, where price is making what? Lower highs. highs. And so see, there's three lower highs there in a row. So starting from the left, there's two little candles there, right? All the way to the top, there's our most recent high. And where did price come back and test that high? Well, it tested it on the next high. So that would be an area of entry that I would be looking for based on, you know, the trend. Now let's move forward. Let's look at the next lower high, those two candles all the way to the right. Where did it come back to? Well, it came back to those two candles that made the previous lower high. So again, we're in a downtrend and I'm looking for shorting opportunities somewhere near these recent highs. Now, what I say, Jolin, is now we're going to go to the lower time frame to look for those greater entries or entries of maybe less risk and also greater opportunities. So let's go to like a monthly chart, which would be a six hour, 60 minute chart. Mm -hmm. And again, there is that most recent high on the left hand side. But notice that we see as price fell, it left a little bit of a gap. Now, gaps are one of the greatest um, imbalances of price because it's telling us that in the battle between buyers and sellers, one side of the equation is zero. And in other words, the reason why price fell so hard, it gapped lower is because there wasn't a buyer left in the house. Mm -hmm. But there's for sure on that red candle as price is falling away and then gapping away all the way to the left. Where's that on uh, January? Is that what is that? Yeah, right there. It is April. April. That gap is telling us there's probably still sellers right on the other side of that gap. And where did price return to? Well, price returned to on 
the left, on the right, all the way up to the right, in recent gap up, it came back and literally filled that gap to almost to what the penny. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And so, how much risk would I have to take in this trade? Not much. Probably just have to, you know, that entry would be right around there, and my risk would probably be the collection of those candles where that gap was created. Now, I don't know how much that is, but I'm going to guess it's only a couple dollars in terms of a Tesla that, you know, to take a risk on a stock that moves, what, 40 50 $60 a day, and you're only risking $2. That's a really small amount of risk. Now, one of the cool features on bar chart is under the technical analysis part, mm -hmm. there is something called a tool that we can use. It's called the average true range. And this kind of gives us an idea of how much our stock is going to move on an average day. And you can see that right now, either between the nine day and the 20 day moving average, uh, it's around what, $56 or $59. Yep. So think about this. If I could get in an entry, go back to the chart, we're only risking two or $3. I don't know how much risk was in that trade in the, that candle, but if I'm only risking two or $3, and that stock moves $50 on an average day, and I catch that trend, in this case, the downtrend, well, what's that risk-reward ratio? I'm risking $3 or $5. Let's say it's $5. I'm getting a 10-to-1 risk-reward ratio. Mm -hmm. That's what trading's about. What I see a lot of junior traders, or what you would call cousins, is they take a lot of one-to-one -one trades or two-to-one trades. Yeah, yes, you can do well. You can make money. But we really want to look for those opportunities where I can take very small amount of risk and also gain a lot of potential profit. Now, Tesla had a huge day today based on uh, <laughs> a lot of other things. I mean, maybe it's because of Elon Musk financing you know, the Twitter purchase with his um, – uh, is uh, his Tesla shares. Tesla shares. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if you wanted to punish uh, Elon Musk or you didn't want him to buy Twitter, <laughs> what would you do to his stock? Right? Sell, sell the Tesla stock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or people are selling in anticipation that he's going to have to sell it. But let's just look at this last leg that where it came and filled that gap, not the one that fell off at the end of the day, but where was that entry? It looks like it's around... Where was the gap filled? What was that high of that price where we gapped up and filled that price? So are we talking about from this prior one or are we talking about the most recent? 1,080. Was it 1,080? I think it is. Yeah, it's like 1,091. That was the earnings day. So, And we know our ATR is around $56, right? So less minus a dollar, 1,080 minus $56. That would be around 1,030, right? About 1,000. 3025, right? Where mm -hmm. did price find its first support? Right there. Uh, price found its first support around pretty much, yeah, around 1,028. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more, but again, this is what I'm kind of saying to you is using trend analysis, multiple time frame analysis, trend analysis to find the trades that are with the trend that give us the least amount of risk and also the greatest amounts of reward. In this case, you know, maybe we risk maybe $10 to make $50 or five to one. That's a pretty cool trade, right? Yep. Now, when let's look at the price action just on the last half of the day. So we have a significant level of support. It looks like it's around 980, right? It looks like the market yep. bounced off of that what, one, two, three, four times. What was that, 980 $980? Yeah, so nine, yeah, 980 Right. So, again, we'll talk about breakout trades. Once the market broke out of that range, again, ATR, this is a real cool measuring stick of probability. Again, $50, $56. If we minus nine, $56 from 980 what value do we get? Well, again, probably not nine and a quarter, nine, right? Nine, nine and, and a quarter. Yeah, and so again, where did price go? It looks like it fell even farther. Now, again, today was a, a huge news. Kind of but yeah. again, this is what we're kind of using the ATR for is to help us find uh, targets, realistic targets, but also say, hey, in the range of probability, how far could price go? And this is a really good example. In this case, you probably could have gotten you know, over a two-day period. You, know, you could have probably taken you know, $100 out of this stock. Now, uh, I don't stock. know 
how you feel, but for me, that's that's a nice nice <laughs> that's return. That's pretty nice. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a heck of a swing trade. Right, exactly. So, so, so we have a couple of questions too. Go ahead. FYI, um, there was a request for Fibonacci. Mm -hmm. uh, and let me see. Yeah, that's one of the that question came in a lot. Um, actually, um, all the other questions for the most part you've answered. So I'll just keep checking back in to see if there's an updated question. But. So Fibonacci is another trading tools that we have on all of our charts. But one of the cool features that we do have in um, that you can use for all of uh, any of the securities, equities, uh, indexes, um, futures markets, we do have something called the Trader's uh, Cheat Sheet. And in the Trader's Cheat Sheet, there is a Fibonacci tool that kind of shows you some Fibonacci numbers. So that's one where places you can find it that are already pre-designed for you. But I'm a hands-on kind of trader. I really want to look for my own Fibonacci's because, you know, we have to decide what is relevant to me. In other words, in terms of my trading style, am I a swing yep. trader or uh, an investment trader or am I a day trader? So, again, what are the trends that I'm looking for? So let's go back to Tesla. Okay. And um, – so again, the, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to look at a higher time frame in terms of, you know, the big picture. Again, let's go back to the weekly. So let's just do for fun. Let's just do the, this maximum of this move. Let's go from all the way from the bottom to draw the Fibonacci tool. Okay. So let's go ahead and add our t tool. And right, so, do you want to do the channel? So let me show you a little trick here, Mark. On the left-hand corner of the chart, See the little, yes. uh, the second icon there on the left-hand side on the chart? There's a little, looks oh, like three yeah. bar. Yeah, there is your Fibonacci tool. Open that up. Yep. And then you have, so let's just do a, let's just do a basic retracement. So let's just pick this low that was established, what's that, around February or March of uh, 2020, the beginning of the COVID rally, let's call that, right? Okay, so we're looking at it around here, right around yep. March 16th? Yeah. Let's just okay. end this. Let's go all the way to the high. Click once and then drag it. Yeah, you got to start again. Uh, I know. Oh. Listen, listen, I do this all the, listen, I do this live once a week, too, so I have the same thing, right? Yeah. So which is kind of cool is look where we see the most recent low was on a retracement. Now, what is that? A 50% retracement off of that high? Uh, yep. Right. So, right. That would yep. be, uh, is kind of where we're going to start thinking about, you know, areas of support and resistance in this case, um, you know, support. Now, Julian, another thing we could do now is now we have this kind of this big picture again, right? So where mm -hmm. can price move down to? Well, it can probably go back down to that 50% retracement. Let's go down to a lower time frame. Okay. So we want to do one month or three uh, months? Let's go six months. Let's go. Okay. Or three months. It doesn't matter. So let's use now, let's use the extension tool. And the extension tool is kind of is when we're going to extrapolate what our trend has been doing. So let's, again, let's, we have our three highs, right? So let's yeah. go from that left high to the, mm -hmm. all the way down to that low that we just, all the way down the bottom, where we discovered was that 50%. Now we're, now we're going to click there, and then we're going to retrace it all the way back to that last new high, all the way to okay. the right. Okay, go all the way. Right to, Yep. And click that. And now what it's doing is it's saying we're assuming that the trend is in control. Where could price now go in terms of extensions? And so one of the first extensions we want to look at is that 66, uh, the 67%. And that would yep. be right there, which would be 820. That would be my short-term target for Tesla in, let's say, the next couple of days. But if we kind of squeeze this chart up a little bit, right side, squeeze it up. Well, the right, yeah, the price, and then kind of right click and squeeze it up. Yeah, yeah, that's not larger, make it smaller. 
Right. Okay. Keep going. Make it keep it more, 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 more. So now what we're looking for is that extension. Where can we make? Well, not that much, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I keep forgetting that my screen, like the the, the font on my screen, is right. a little different. So what is a what is a downtrend? Is a series of higher, lower highs and lower lower lows. lows. So what if we believe this is in a downtrend? Yeah, that first retracement level around 60 cent on the extension would be a nice target. But if we really believe this is a downtrend, we really believe we're going to make a new low. So where could that extend to? So we'll look at the 120, 127 or the 136, you know, extension, which would put us down closer. 461. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge price movement, right, for Tesla. That's now, a I don't huge know, price movement. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get there. But again, if we go back to our higher time frame, let's go back to that weekly. And what is kind of cool, Jolyn, is sometimes, not always, but sometimes you'll see is that the retracement level on the big picture is also the extension level on the trend time frame. But the two of them look like they're kind of close together here, right? So yep. Nice ranges kind of in between. Right. There certainly seems to be a cluster of these um Fibonacci numbers around what is that around seven hundred dollars and again that was kind of where we made that most recent low right so yeah um you know so that's a process again big yeah. picture trend picture looking at your uh, Fibonacci numbers to kind of give you an idea of these clusters of where these lines are going to um start appearing and then also that will also give you you know a target and also how much um you know what you can start looking for in terms of your trend analysis right does that make sense i don't know it does make sense now john question okay so we have we've been looking at um, bar charts um traders cheat sheet what is john Rowland's cheat sheet <laughs> um well i love the the emac the um the macd mm -hmm. i think it's kind of a it's kind of a blend of moving average crossovers um and also kind of a momentum. MACD stands for uh, Moving Average Conversions Diversions. And what, what you see is uh, in the MACD is um, you have a, a smoothing signal line, which is uh, there's a 12, 26, and a 9-day moving average. And what we want to see is that uh, if I'm looking for a buying opportunity, I want to see the uh, price momentum cross from below above and that would create a buying opportunity. If I'm looking for a selling opportunity, I want to see the signal move from above to below. But the MACD, the 1226.9 MACD buy signal, now we also have, uh, there is a sell signals too. Um, that is kind of showing me that the momentum of our market has changed from maybe a downward momentum to an upward momentum. And I think we looked at this one in the beginning, the first one right off the box, the Atlas one, right, Mark? Did we yep. look at this one? Yeah. So yes, we did. Let, so let's look at the the chart. Okay. And again, let's kind of look at a, maybe a lower time frame. Maybe this like a daily or a monthly. Okay. And so what we see here is this stock has been, you know, just getting killed, right? But what has happened since then? It kind of looks like it's found a bottom, right? Mm -hmm. And not only has it found a bottom, but we made a low. We made a high. Now, it's not a significant high in terms of where price came from. But now we're also making another low that is now a little bit higher. So... What are the characteristics of an uptrend? An uptrend is a series of higher highs and higher lows. And what the MACD is telling us here is that we've now seen a change in momentum from the downside to the upside. And this would be a good opportunity to maybe not jump in this stock, <laughs> but wait for the opportunity when price makes a new what? High. A new high, yeah, exactly. In other words, we we're gonna put this stock on a watch list. We're gonna keep an eye on it, 
because mm -hmm. the momentum has changed and I'm going to look for that breakout opportunity when price breaks above that former high and that then price can move. Now let's think about in terms of risk reward, how, if price does get some positive momentum here, well, how far could it run before it starts to run into resistance? Well, I see a little gap all the way to the left. Now, right? What price is that? That's around eighty dollars, right? <laughs> Seventy, yeah, seventy-nine and all the way up to we, Where would we break out of our most recent high? Oof, that's uh, seventy-two. Right. No, or, no. Yeah, yeah, seventy dollars. So then we might be able to get yeah. in this trade for a risk of maybe only a couple dollars on the breakout, and then capture you know what six, seven, eight, nine dollars. Get three to one, four to one, five to one. That would be a nice little trade, wouldn't it? Yes, very much so. So I like those. I like that particular one. And again, you know, I'll use my ATR. You know, six dollars is not going to happen in one day, right, Julian? So I'd go back and look at my stats on this one and say, okay, let's look at my ATR under my technical analysis page. And I don't know, what's the ATR on this one? I'm going to guess it's a couple dollars. Yeah, it's like two, two point. All right. So again, now what we're thinking here is I'm going to enter a trade where I'm going to risk one day's range, $2.80, because I know that there's a potential of getting six to eight dollars but it's not going to happen in one day so what type of trade is this? this is not a day trade this is a swing swing trade very good yeah excellent cool so that's what that process does for us is it lets us look at the big picture the atr also tells us that you know if i catch a three-day price movement or a week's worth of price movement it's probably going to take a week for us to get to our target, right? And that means that that is a swing trade. And now I'm more realistic about my price movements, right? Does that kind of make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yep. Totally. Uh, John, there's a question for you. Like, what's your opinion using the uh, VWAP? So, yeah, I like the VWAP. I'm, I'm more of a VWAP in terms of um, in the futures market. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, put up uh, the symbol NGM22. And this is uh, natural gas, mm -hmm. and certainly natural gas has been in the market recently, right? A lot of interest in that, right? Mm -hmm. And, right, so here's a nice little trending market. So, yeah, let's go to, like, a monthly. On a, we're going to look at a daily price action. This is fine. And, Mark, kind of widen out the screen so we only really see, like, three days' worth or four days' worth of trading. So right-click on the bottom and then just kind of spread it out, you know. Yeah, Oof. yeah, you got it. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, so let's add the VWAP to that. So after the studies, look to where it says studies and VWAP. I'm gonna add it. And let's turn before we do this. Let's turn off the standard deviations. We're just gonna keep the high, low, open, closed one. So turn all those off. Now those you can use those for what we call a bounded oscillator type where we can look for when the price is uh, too too high or too low, like an RSI kind of thing. But we'll, let's just look at the VWAP as, as is, as like this kind of moving average. So I'll, I'll put that back in. So again, let's see if we can kind of make this picture a little bit bigger. So let's go even do a lower time frame, maybe do a five day. Maybe that'll help. Okay. Okay. So as a futures trader, what I use this for is um, is kind of gives me a view of the momentum or the the moving average for a particular day. Um, so let me see if I can do this. Let's do this. Let's add one more thing to this. Let's add volume to this. And okay. yeah. And this would kind of give us a little bit better idea of time frame as well yeah just uh do the moving average volume okay. and don't worry about the time frame analysis okay just yeah well just do volume av moving average oh okay volume. just okay yeah okay, volume gotcha. moving average yeah there it is volume moving average 
And do you want to stick it stick to the ten day period or, or the ten fine. period? It doesn't or... matter. It's okay. we're just using this to kind of look at. Um, so see these humps. This yep. humps of volumes represents the day sessions. In other words, the regular trading hours when the exchange is open. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is kind of giving us a guideline. So on the second hump here, we see that the VWAP is trending down and that price is continuing to maintain below it. So this is telling me the momentum of this market is continuing to go down. Now look at the next day, right? The momentum of the market went up, right? Mm -hmm. and price is staying above the VWAP. So what I use this for is kind of just as a secondary tool, an enhancement tool to look at my internal trend for a day trading basis. And if I get uh, a series of candles where one or two in a row candles go below or above, right? So one goes below, one goes above, then I'm not, I'm not going to trade that that futures contract for that day because the momentum is now sideways. So the third hump to the right or the last hump, you can see how the candles were bouncing back and forth of our VWAP. So that would tell me that this for this day, there is no momentum in the market. And this is a day that I just don't trade that particular futures contract. I'm only looking for days where I see that momentum and I'm trying to catch that momentum in a very short period of time for day traders. I think Mark will probably tell you, will tell you that, you know, the most of your money is made in the first, you know, first. hour and a half to three hours, right? You catch that yes. first initial move somewhere between, I live on the East coast. You guys live on the West coast. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So for me, it's from like, you know, for futures markets, our markets start a little bit earlier. So like from 8 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock morning. If I haven't made my money by the 11 o'clock in the morning trading in, in a futures contract, then I, I, I'm out of there. You know, start fresh, do it another day. So for you guys, you know, the sweet spot time for you would be 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Now, how jealous am I? Imagine making your day's allowance by 9 a.m. And then you got the rest of the day to hit the beach or the golf course or do whatever you want to do, right? Leisure. Of leisure, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this For question. Sure. If, if it was 9 o'clock in the morning, would that would cocktails on the West Coast be proper? I don't know. If you just I mean, it's five, it would be 5 o'clock somewhere. I mean, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I hope that answers. So, yeah, in terms of a uh, big picture time frame or, you know, an, a large trader, VWAP is also a way for them, for like an institutional traders will use it, is they know that when price gets near that or it's, you know, it's deviating on either side of it, depending if they want to be a buyer, if it deviates below it, it's probably a good opportunity to be a buyer. If they were going to be a seller, if it deviated above it, that would probably be a good opportunity to sell. So, you know, a large institutional trader who's trying to trade a large stock, amount, amount of stock doesn't want to do it all at once because it would disrupt price right so they kind of piecemeal it in and so they use the VWAP to look for opportunities to piecemeal their larger orders in so I don't know if that makes sense to you but um, that, that but for, for for us mm -hmm. you know for day traders at a lower time frame like for instance at an hourly time frame it's really a kind of way to judge momentum in our markets and if I get a lot of sideways action then there's no momentum in that trade and so i'll look for another market i just wait for those days where i see the momentum starting to be you know picking up so we have some questions about um options so one question is as for option traders we talked about swing trading we talked about day trading um and one could ascertain what they would look for for long term but for the options um market specifically um, one, what are the top three tools on bar chart for options traders? Mm -hmm. And then this other question from uncle Charles, when the put to call ratio is almost even for a particular stock, what do you, John use to make decisions on which way to go? All right. So that's, it's basically the same answer on both of them. So mm -hmm. I look at the put to call ratio to see what is the public sentiments in other words, or what is the trader sentiment, right? 
And mm -hmm. I'm really, I really kind of like to use options in a contrarian sense. In other words, when I see a large skew to the calls, in other words, the put call ratio is the number is very low. Now, normally what we'll see for equities for stocks is that most retail traders trade more calls than they trade puts. So the kind of the normal level for the put call ratio is about 0.6 or 60%, um, six, excuse me, 0.4, about 40% because it's puts to calls. So that means it's 60% calls, 40% puts. So when I see a, um, a skew one way or the other, in other words, if I see the put call ratio get really super, super low, in terms of more calls being bought than puts, that might actually be an opportunity for me to do two, one of two things. To sell calls, probably because the premiums are super rich, because everybody's mm -hmm. buying them, or because everybody's buying them, they're wrong, and that the market is about to turn the other way, and so sure. I might look to go short, and I would go short by buying puts. Mm. And just do the opposite, um, in terms of the put call ratio when it gets to like above one, that means there's more puts being bought. There's more fear in the market. And that might be an opportunity to look for a buying opportunity of buying calls. Now, the other part of that equation is the VIX in terms of looking at, I want to see if I'm going to be a seller of options I want to see the VIX to be very high or elevated because I know that all the premiums, be it puts or calls, are very rich. And so mm -hmm. I will look for selling opportunities when the VIX gets high, and I look for buying opportunities when the VIX gets low. Gets so low. the two of them together decides what strategy I'm going to use. Now, for instance, what we probably saw today is in your opening, you said the VIX was at a super elevated value in terms of what? It was above 30, right? And I mean, yes. I don't like 30, know. 30, 33? Yeah, if you go back in history on this, and I think above 35, you might have to go back a couple of years before you see it even get much higher. I mean, I've seen the VIX as high as 40 or 60s, but yeah. it, it, those are very extreme things. But right now, what is that telling us? There's a lot of fear in the market, right? So that means puts are very, very expensive. Yeah. So what I would do is I start shifting my focus to look for stocks that I believe that have now come down that are low in that big time frame <laughs> mm -hmm. and then do what? Sell those puts, Sell those right? Puts. Sell those puts below the market. Now you have to have the capital to put that up to cover the cost of, you know, in case the put gets exercised. But... If you do it right and you time it right, you know, many times when we see one of these big volume down days like we saw today, market is oversold, you know, the fear is rushed into the market. And then what I would love to see is to see the market gap lower tomorrow. And that would be a great opportunity to look to sell puts mm -hmm. in some of these stocks that have gotten really, really cheap, stocks yeah. that I like, that I want to own. Yeah, Did you can I sell puts like and then ultimately go in as an entry into some of those positions. Right. Think about it. It's like buying, you know, buying a car or buying something on a, at the discount, right? So you sell like a, yeah. say a stock that's fallen from fifty dollars to twenty five dollars, and you sell a twenty dollar put. If you get exercise, let's say you sell a twenty dollar put for like three or four dollars, and the price of the stock goes down to twenty dollars, well, you're really buying the stock for seventeen dollars or. $15, right? And you're buying Correct. it at a discount. Now, how sweet is that? Now, if you're right and you time it well and the market and the stock rebounds, which normally we see when we see the, you know, price falls dramatically as we saw today, you know, within three or four days, you could see that value of that put have, right? And think about that, you know, a 50% return on your money. That's not a bad do for three days worth of work, right? True. So I guess we have one final question from one of the cousins. And so they were asking, curious your thoughts on leaps based upon current stance on options or pretty much where we currently stand right now in the market. We see a lot of, we see a lot of companies or a lot of stocks today trading at their 52-week lows or near 52-week lows. So would this be, say, for example, an opening 
for individuals that were interested in, say, for example, having something on the long term to, say, for example, play a leap option on a specific uh, equity? Um, I think timing wise, in terms of, you know, 52 week lows is probably the right idea. But because the VIX is so elevated, I don't think there's a lot of value. I think you'd be paying up a lot for the time premium that a leap is going to cost you. I would rather be buying leaps, let's say, where price stabilizes. And stabilizes. It kind of hangs out down here for a few weeks. or you know, Leaps are talking about, what, years, two years out. So if I could see a stock that is kind of – traded sideways for you know a month or so and is kind of range bound at the lower end and then its individual implied volatility gets very low in terms of again you can look in bar chart you can look at any stock and it tells you not only it's implied volatility but we also have a tool it's called rank and percentage it tells mm -hmm. you where that implied volatility falls over the last year so I would rather look for looking buying opportunities in leap when my implied volatility is cheap, and also when the rank is super low, or the um, percentile is super low. So just you know any stock, right? You can see where it says IV rank and percentile. So that would be you know an area where you could start looking for those. Right, that have fallen a long way, but also now their volatility is kind of you know is coming in. Yep. Sweet. Is well, that kind of what, how you do it, Mark? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, when we look at it, like for for me, it's like I look at something that has been probably been beaten up, and I'm looking at it based upon a price target in which that I'm trying to literally reach over a period of time. And then at a point in period in time like this, I'm probably going to be, if I'm already in a leap, I mean, there's nothing I can do. I'm going to just hold on to it because it's intrinsic value over a period of time. That's one of the things I love about leaps is that they hold on to intrinsic value pretty well. Um, but at the same token, you did mention pretty something pretty interesting where you can kind of like wait for things to kind of settle off because of the fact that I can just wait for a lower premium and just watching the VIX. Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to pay. You don't want to buy full retail, do you? Right? Absolutely not. No. Though, I, though, I, it's like you know, you can't, uh, you can't always fully time it. So sometimes you're just like, ah, you know. At least I'm not paying at you know the 100 percent markup value. Probably I'm paying at maybe 25 percent, and I and well, I can live with that. Yeah, that's okay. I can live with that too. <laughs> John, thank you so much. It is a Official. like we literally like time just flew and we like it, it kind of felt like time just like stood still for a second and like honestly for me it's like this is one of the reasons why I felt like it was going you know around full circle because it reminded me of the days in which that I became a student of the market where it's like I just wanted to just soak in knowledge just for myself as a trader so thank you because honestly like this is what this is one of the things in which that the market has the, the those moments of feeling new for you more refreshing even though it's like i started in 2004 and yet here i am i'm sitting back and i'm listening to a chart master like literally just take me to school and i'm loving it so thank you so much for just like gracing the stage and just giving us the opportunity to just soak up tons of knowledge well i'm really i'm really honored to be you know, be with you guys today. And, and again, you know, we talk about a mission statement, what you guys do and what we do at Bar Chart. We're, we're all doing the same thing. We want to bring knowledge to the masters. We want our, I call junior traders, you call your cousins. We want them to learn. We want them to feel confident. We want them to grow. And listen, I learn something every day. I always try to learn something every day. The market always uh, surprises me. And so, um, you know, that's important to understand too. It's, it's a journey, right? It's never ending. And so, and one of the cool things about bar chart is there's a lot of tools, a lot of premium features. And also, you know, we do these weekly webinars that are on our YouTube page. And there's a lot of content in there. A lot of the stuff that I've just talked about, I guarantee you there's a webinar that we talked about 
Um, you know, for instance, next tomorrow, we're going to look at volume and a yeah. lot of uh, junior traders uh, overlook volume. I think they look for the, the, you know, the next fancy thing, you know, the, mm -hmm. you know, the new chart or the new technical analysis and volume speaks really uh, a large message to us and understanding volume is a really a great way and it's one of the most uh, simple and reliable technical analysis that I have so that's going to be next that's going to be tomorrow tomorrow yeah um but you know option strategies and futures markets and uh sector rotation and you know etfs and everything we've done it all and so you know come on and check it out and see if you like it all those sessions are on our youtube page no. So for those of you that need to know where that can be found, you literally just go on YouTube, the same place where you're watching us, and you know what, just go ahead and hit bar chart. Uh, just type in bar chart, or we actually tagged bar chart into the description of this video. So that way you can go ahead and hit it and make sure you subscribe to that channel because honestly, like tons of gems. Yeah, and also, um, well not also, I'm actually changing the subject completely. John, what type of cousin are you? Or which cousin are you? Before we go, what cousin are you? Um, I'm the oil king cousin. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all heard because it here first. I was, that's where I started in the oil markets, you know. So, you know, like Beverly Hillbillies, right? You know, <laughs> Jetro and, you know, Ellie Mae, you know. <laughs> well... All in all, thank you so much, John, for just rocking the stage with us. And again, people, if you want to go and check out what they're talking about tomorrow, because volume, I kind of look at it like volume like this. Volume is like father time. It's undefeated. Because no matter what, you know, people will always try to go through different types of technical analysis. The one thing that you can always watch, though, you can always watch the volume. It ain't going nowhere. No. And it's one of the only <laughs> technical analysis that's in real time. Real time. <laughs> the other ones are all laggers, right? Lagging so, indicators. Right? So. Oh, wait. There was one other big question um, that I saw a lot. Um, is the data on bar chart, is it in real time or is there a lag? That was the question. That so it depends about. on what you're looking at. All the futures uh, charts. Is there is a, a ten minute delay? It's just how our data feed is, but on the equities, we do have we offer real time, yeah, real time. Well, uh, first off, I wanted to say wow. Yeah, that was a great episode. Thanks, John. <laughs> this was I, I would probably say that this is probably one of the most legendary episodes because no, stop it, don't say that. No, seriously, because no, Julian, like, like actually, <laughs> Julian, like. How often do you actually find me being a student on a show? I feel like you're a student just in general, Mark. Like you have a learner's heart. But I'm just talking about like literally just taking the time from just being on the show and teaching yeah. where, I, where I go from teaching to like literally just being yeah. a student. Yeah. Today that was, right there. This episode. Yes. Super duper dope. John, I know that it's it's late over there on the East Coast time. You got to get some rest, especially if you're going to be right up and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for the Bar Chart episode. For those of you, if you want to be a part of Bar Chart to understand and utilize some of the tools that they have, they give you a ton of great tools for free. But if you want to go a little bit extra, then we definitely have that link down below if you definitely want to just take advantage of some of those wonderful opportunities and tools at your disposal. Uh, until next time, I am Mark Monroe. John will let you go. I am John Rowland. Cousin. <laughs> Cousin Oil King. The Oil King. <laughs> I'm Lady Dylan GC in the place to be. Good evening, everyone. And this has definitely been a come up. We'll see y'all next week. Have a great week, everybody. Peace.